Has Capcom found the right recipe for DLC character design in Street Fighter V's Seth? Plus, Dragon Ball Fighters comes down hard on Rage Quitters. Nvidia announces tech that might mean significant reduction in input delay for future fighting titles, and Tokyo Game Show will bring with it some kind of Street Fighter announcement at the end of this month, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Your lead up to this is always, you know, one of it's always the same, but it's always got so much like enthusiasm and hype behind it, and I don't know how to match it. And be, I, I, I you leave me with, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, dude, no, you're good, man. It, it's uh, the indie, the Yang, and stuff. We we play on stuff back and forth. Yeah, don't be so hard on yourself, man. You're and you're, you're exploring new horizons here with potentially. I am. I am. Yeah, go for it. Like dish dish it out, man. Uh, people want to know. I've picked up Seth. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know to say I've picked him up yet or him or her. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna use all pronouns. Yeah. Um, just so you guys know. Uh, but yeah, I picked up playing Seth, and and I've been playing the nostalgic costume, so it's a him when I play him. How about mm. that? And yeah, it's been it's been interesting. There's a little bit of a backstory. I think we'll get into that with our with one of our topics here. So I don't want to go too much away. But I've been exploring Street Fighter in a sort of a new capacity as of late because I, for whatever reason, I mean, it's no surprise to anybody that listens here that I haven't been in love with Street Fighter Five uh, for for various reasons. Like I'm just trying to approach things with a more of a, of a broad approach of learning and soaking in the game as opposed to trying to like win Evo or something like that. And it's been really, really nice. So I've got, you know, like Honda and Akage now, along with Nikali, sure. And then now I've explored into Seth um, because I think the character is actually really good and is probably going to reward me more for my efforts than uh, some of the other characters I've been playing. Yeah, and you mentioned that you weren't in love with Street Fighter V. I, hold on, I've got a cough. <laughs> Sony. <laughs> Sony. Um, it seems like there's some reason. <laughs> Wouldn't Sony. be an Event Hubs podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Something about Akuma's Air Fireball coming up next. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there, there's some reasons I think you're enjoying the game more, but also I think you, you've changed some of your mindset there. You know, it's not just the platform you're playing on. There's there's a lot of other things that have kind of gone, gone into this. And uh, um, But I'll go ahead and redirect this here, because as you said, I think we're going to touch on that subject quite a bit here. But... Let's start off here with, should Capcom's most recent Street Fighter V DLC release be the new standard for tier strength overall? That character, of course, is Seth. Now, I've advocated personally many times for DLC characters to come out of the gate and be strong. I don't like seeing characters like Ed or Falk or others who basically, they come out, they're irrelevant the moment that they're released because they're just too darn weak. So here comes Seth and look out because we have a pretty strong character now and we're starting to hear people be somewhat upset about them, right? Now, this character is seeing heavy usage with players like Momochi, Sako, Punk, Cien, GamerB, Etta, Yurio, Chris Hu, Just a Kid, Pujera, and Zaffarino using them. And that's not even to mention, well, I'm mentioning it now, SKZ winning a CPT event with Seth. And you go, that is a... I've, I've also been playing the character for about an hour. So. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, that is a murderer's row of like, oh my gosh, how good is this character? And I know that there are some people basically saying that, like, what is this character right now? And I, I kind of wonder if you could kind of parrot some of the stuff you're hearing out in the community about how good Seth is. 
Well, I haven't heard a ton of details save for uh, what we recently posted, a, a breakdown analysis from Frame Advantage, the Pax and Tyrant, and that's where I've heard the most detailed analysis. Outside of that, it's been a lot of, well, Tokido puts Seth at number two on his tier list, and Momochi puts him at number, or maybe it's Tokido was number three, Momochi was number two or number one, I don't remember, and Gamer B was the other one. Uh, but they've all put Seth in the top three, ranking them one, two, or three, and we've seen plenty of that kind of tier list action for the character yeah. um, and it's been what is it uh, we're like seven months after the release yeah because Seth came out in February so almost seven months now a fairly technical character so you wouldn't see uh, you wouldn't see people really flesh them out until maybe around this kind of time maybe even longer I don't know exactly but you're going to start seeing the power of the character come out a little bit later when they're technical like this and uh, that's kind of more where I've garnered this is that one the things that were highlighted in the frame analysis or frame uh, advantage video was was one thing, but then also just the opinions of so many high-level players putting this character so high up on the tier charts. Yeah, you'll hear rumblings on Twitter from so and so or you know random scrub fifteen and such, and I, I don't take that with as much authority, but uh, that's kind of the gist of it. And and let me let me be honest. I'm not sold that Seth is is amazing, amazing yet because I, I just I haven't seen it myself quite yet. I absolutely see the potential for it, uh, so we're not making that statement. But that's sort of like what we've been seeing and feeling and and, and garnering from, uh, you know, putting your finger up into the wind. Yeah. Now Seth was only released here in February of this year. They have not been out there for that long. But to me, isn't this exactly what we should be aiming for with DLC characters? A fighter who's actually relevant at the highest levels of play and making an impact. Getting people I mean, talking. Yeah, I mean, balance changes are coming in four months or less from now. Four months may mean, you know, the end of December, but it could also be closer to like three months time, actually, just kind of depending on what part of December Capcom does all their releases in, right? Mm -hmm. Um Seth has been out this entire time and we're just now talking about them being a problem. I would kind of consider that a big time success over a character like Falk, who was balls when she was released. She's still balls now and she's never been relevant in Street Fighter V. It, it's been almost a total dud of a character to the point where it's like, why do you even why did you even release her like this? You know, there have been a handful of players, and if you play Falk out there, like my props, I really do tip my cap to you. Like that is awesome. That takes a lot of guts and other things, but that character is just pretty much like a non-factor for so many players in this game. And then you have a character like Honda. Um, you're playing him, uh, but not that much. You know, would you be putting more time into Honda, for example, if he was like on the power level of a Seth? Do you think? Well, uh, Honda, I think, has some some good potential, and and he might be more of a of a character for certain matchups or not for other ones. But I would argue that Honda was very interestingly designed and and maybe not super captivating, but there is a Honda community out there for sure. And right. he's 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 making waves with uh, people that play against him, saying he's kind of brain dead and he's just you know looking for opportunities and and everything is an opportunity to do like an ex butt slam. And there's of course more nuance than that. But I, I would say that Honda's not a bad example of a character that kind of does what they wanted him to do. Add the fact that you know it's already a Honda who's from Street Fighter 2, you can't change him all that much in certain respects. Um, and, and he's also going to attract attention because he's Honda, uh, because he has a legacy. But, uh, I mean, not every DLC character has been a home run, as you've pointed out, for sure. Uh, so I don't know if Honda's the best example, because I do like him as a DLC character and the purpose that he serves. 
No, no, no. And I, I see where you're coming at with that. And I don't disagree. I think you're right on the money. But one of the things I'll throw out there is in terms of impact and presence, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put Seth in terms of, of what they've brought to Street Fighter Five? Oh, Seth is, is definitely, um, well, see, the story is still very much unfolding. We're kind of just maybe even in the early chapters of that still. So, But I, I think that it's it's already up there, you know, maybe like a seven or so, and it probably will continue to grow as the conversation continues. And the conversation doesn't seem to be slowing. And on a similar note, where would you put Honda on that one to 10 scale in terms of the impact they've had and, and the presence that they've had in game? Maybe closer to a six, a 6.5, oh, wow. a seven oh, wow. at the top. Yeah. Well, because you do see some discussion about Honda on, not regularly, but every, every so often stuff will come up. There is a community. He, he is someone that's, uh, that we see as a worthwhile exploration, um, for, for those that want to play within that kind of style and um, and I've talked about him before with how he's a, he's a little more, I don't want to say technical, but he's got a lot more to him than a lot of traditional Hondas have, like past iterations. So I do think he's interesting. Yeah. Now, my perspective is actually quite a bit different. Doing the same scales, I would actually give Seth a 10 out of 10. That is exactly the kind of DLC character I want to see explode onto the, the, the you know scene, not be too dominant. Uh, I'm... I, you know, tend to underrate Seth, I think, a little bit more than most people. Uh, I don't know where the balance point is. Some people, as you mentioned, have him in like the top one or top, you know, five. Uh, I'm more like top 10-ish area uh, with the mm -hmm. character. I don't know if I'm underrating them or not. I don't know. Um, but uh, again, 10 out of 10 in terms of like presence and like accomplishing what I think Capcom should be aiming for. Honda, I actually look at more like a, to do fractions here, about a 5.5 out of 10. I think the character is relevant, interesting. Like Falk would be like a zero or a one, um, mm. uh, but I think I think the character could have been more and should have been more of a thing. I don't like DLC characters coming out and just kind of being there, being present. Like, what would that look like for Honda? Then, what would the difference have to be for him to be uh, well to have a higher rating? He'd just be better. Yeah, he would just be a better character. He'd have better matchups and other things. And again, you can always tweak these characters down. We have a, a balance update coming in December, and and it's like, if you don't get it right, or if you really mess up one, they've already said they can do an emergency patch to dial stuff down, right? But it, you also have a balance update. You know when these updates are coming out, it's like, just tweak them down at that point. Like, it's, I don't know if we've ever had a character in Street Fighter V where they've they've been dominant for so long where they really ruin the game. And I immediately go back to like, you know, um, season two with Yurian, uh, Balrog, and Laura. And, and it wasn't even until those characters were were you know, upgraded for maybe a yes. handful of months, five months, six months, where the community kind of really got behind nerfing them. And Japan still wasn't even behind nerfing them the entire time. <laughs> They're like, those characters Not suck. Laura. Yeah, no. why, why would you play them? Um, but um, yeah, Balrog they did support, right? But uh, my, my whole point, kind of point here is it takes a while for people to gather an appreciation and a reason to play these characters. And I look at characters like, say, Abigail and Minot, who at one point in time were very good in season three, and yet you still see people continue to use these fighters even in later seasons, even though they are very clearly worse than they once were, they're still relevant. They had a chance to get a real legitimate presence in tournament for, as brand new characters, and they're still relevant to today, but they, they started off out of the gate kind of whatever but that that season right afterwards they got extremely good you know and and that's that's what i like to see i like to see characters that are strong enough where they get a real presence in our community 
Yes, and, and that is a worthwhile goal, uh, better than worthwhile, that is a goal that I think you should have as a uh, Capcom developer, a fighting game developer who's releasing these kind of DLC characters. That is one of the boxes you absolutely want to check, garner more interest for your game, more excitement for your game, and make it a better product that's going to get more people in the door with these additions. I don't think we can have this conversation, though, in this particular atmosphere without addressing the, uh, the way that some like you know a lot of MOBAs do this where they overpower a character clearly yeah. and bring them in so that like anyone can come in and just win conclusively with them and then after a while uh, they tone the character down although May is still ridiculous in Heroes of the Storm if Blizzard is listening to this I'm sure they are they are uh, so, <laughs> so um, I think that that's too egregious especially for fighting games I think people would lose their minds in this community where we get frustrated when playing MOBAs but we don't really lose our minds plus there's a whole banning part of it too so it's not apples to apples and I and I want to particularly stress that I don't think that I you're not arguing that we should do it to that degree yeah right it shouldn't be that. That's too much. That's taking the slide and going way too far off in one direction. It should just be that they are good enough for people to give a damn and interesting and deep enough for people to continually explore them and, and basically have another and a new and updated reason to play the game. Now, we have a perfect example sitting in front of us, in my opinion, with Seth. As again, a 10 to 10 on my rating scale. Yours is less than that. Where, what do you think of Seth filling that exact role that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, a 10 for you might be a 7 for me and vice versa or something right, like that, enough. right? And so right. Uh, it's, co- it's sort of relative to our own you know, way we're, we're forming these rating scales. Uh, but Because uh, I, I think that Seth does achieve that. It was interesting to get the character when we did. And it wasn't free wins because there's a lot to them and they have low health. I would imagine the win rates for Seth are exceptionally low, um, as they would be for most new characters. But if it's if they have low health and they're kind of harder to play relative to the rest of the cast, uh, that's going to do a number on the uh, the early uh, points that they're going to get, right? But here we are seven months in and, hey, my interest has been peaked and now the community is discussing them. So I think like just that right there that's an evidence that this is going in the correct direction. So I would agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I just maybe I'm just a stickler for tens. I don't know if I'd give anybody no, a good. ten, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, but I, I think I agree with you way more than I don't. Yeah, that makes sense. And and so I I think that when we establish like Seth as a good baseline, that's you know the whole premise of the the segment here. That like okay, Capcom hit this mark going forward, please. And that's you know that's going to be a hit or miss prospect. It is, <laughs> it's so easy to say, hey, give characters this tools or that or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, if it doesn't work out, like you know, well, I mean, I could just change my opinion in a week. Well, Capcom does not have that luxury. They get to do balance changes about twice a year, maybe a little more frequently than that. But it's you know if they make a mistake, they have to live with it for quite a bit longer plus they have to answer to their bosses and say oh yeah this is why I made this choice and that's why the community is on fire right now and saying how bad we suck at our jobs uh oops you know like it's yeah the stakes are much higher there yes yeah so and this is interesting I think it's worth kind of dissecting a little bit more if they go too far in the not strong in the weak side of things then the character fizzles out and it doesn't get a splash and i'm sure they get yelled at a little bit by their bosses but i don't think that fire is quite as hot because you don't also have all of the community super complaining you might have a few new fans of the character complaining but like you know whatever the alex army is going to drown that kind of a cry out anyway right so 
when you do it on that side, it's like you lose your opportunity and it is a, a failure. But then if you go too far on the other end, it, it's like that's particularly scary because if you go too far there, it's really noisy and everyone knows that you screwed up and they're pissed off because you're not ruining it for the people that are just playing that one character. You're ruining it, ruining it for everyone else. And so it's dangerous. It's scary to over buff these newcomers. And I get that. But I think our argument is that it's better to do, to make them a little better than it is to make them a little worse. Yes. Um, and, and it's like, it's, it's not easy. And I don't envy your situation of being there and having to do that because you go too far and you, you wind up in the fire. But uh, and, and here is an example of a character that seems to have achieved this. Are there any other characters, though, especially in recent memory or recent releases, that have kind of struck the same chord? Hmm. I, off the top of my head, I mean, it's it's basically just poison here from season. Poison's four. a big one, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and um, and Lucia came in hot and seemed yeah. to sort of fall off, which is interesting. I don't know that that's been the story for many DLC characters. But you were you were saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, this is hard to do. This is something that I, I've said so many times on the podcast, I'm a broken record at this point, but I've talked to a lot of developers over the years. I have yet to hear a single one tell me that balancing fighting games is easy. So when you do see the success stories of someone like Poison and, uh, and other stuff, like it's it's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, you see that the problems like with, I don't know if I want to call Lucia exactly problematic, but just maybe very overrated. Um, I still think she's, there's a good core of a character in there and maybe the right people haven't been able to use her enough. I don't know exactly what her problems are. Um, but I wouldn't call her like a, a resounding failure or anything like that. So. No, no, and yeah. and she does. Uh, from the people like uh, my buddy Mike plays her pretty uh, pretty often here in in Arizona. It's arbitrary, but he's you know some of the things that he points out directly about her is that she just has options and scenarios that are particularly fun, where he feels like he can do things where he couldn't with his previous characters, uh, namely I, I think uh, Armika, and and that's fun to explore. And the setups with the fireball game that's that's interesting to him and and he has a good time doing it even if it doesn't go his way things like that about the character are uh, are drawing people in although the fact that she apparently can't seem to get enough wins is also a major factor there so yeah and i do want to give the other kind of opposite end of the spectrum here for a character i think that's very iconic and that would be cody um and i think that the characters barely relevant are pretty much not relevant at all all in tournament and i just don't think he's good enough and I, the, the reason why I say this is I think Cody is actually a really interesting character in Street Fighter V. Uh, he has a good diverse move set. He has cool looking moves. He's got a super powerful V-Trigger too. Uh, but you just kind of don't see the guy at all. He's got a command throw. He's got a fireball. He's got an invincible reversal. And you're, you, know, you, you, you see those tools on paper. You go, oh man, like you, you immediately think of someone good like Nikali or, or some other character like that has those similar tools. But it's Cody and you give him all these things. They're, they're all interesting but they just haven't come together to make a good enough character yet. And and so that would be kind of like the the I don't want to say, you know, anti-Seth or whatever, but like that's a that's an example of I think a very big missed opportunity where I think Cody needs to get some very clear power buffs that make him a highly relevant character because I think a lot of people are missing out on those new and interesting things that he offers to the game and has been offering for the game for quite some time now uh, mm -hmm. but we've just never seen it and it's like oh man I, I really want to see more Cody I've seen a handful of people you and I both played Shazzy quite a bit we've seen Hoji in tournament and people were super hyped about it but it's like and then you've got like cool kid and you've got almost no one else and it's like man I 
man, I finally want to freaking see Cody do the stuff that I've had to deal with, you know, for for months or years now. And and it's just that's kind of like the 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 that's the disappointing part. That's the part that really kind of sucker punches me in the gut and makes man, I, it, it sucks to miss out on that and not see that. So yeah, absolutely. It feels like a a, a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. You want as few missed opportunities, especially when they're costing you you know extra cash after you've purchased the game um, as possible. And I'd be remiss, I don't know how much more we want to spend on this topic, but I do want to ask you about Gil, because Gil is the second most recent DLC character. Also fairly controversial, especially when you bring it to event hubs, because we've seen the character as better than most of the rumblings otherwise. Like everyone's putting Gil in like the bottom 10 or so of their tier lists. And we're like, I just don't see, he's got so much and, and so many uh, naturally powerful things from the reach of his normals to his, his ability for zoning and uh, and the fact that that parry is in there as well, like really uh, shakes things up as far as juggling pins that you have to consider at all times. His combos are ridiculous. They, corner you, they, they carry you to the corner. They do plenty of damage. They're very interesting. The character's design looks really cool for getting into how effective he is as a DLC character. I'm answering your question for you. You're welcome. But I'd also like to hear what your opinion is. So go ahead. Uh, again, I, I had Gil like basically dead even mid tier uh, when when I did this. I think the character is good. I just don't think the character is great. And it's we throughout our history here in fighting games, we know that if a character um, is is just outside of that like you know high end tournament viability range, they're not going to get a lot of usage. And I think that I think Gil falls out of that. I think it's a. I don't see too many people saying that that Gil is a high end tournament character, right? Like I don't know if I've seen anyone actually, but. No the character still gets usage. And so he would be a very classic candidate of, I don't think Capcom did a bad job with his initial release. He's getting enough traction, but he was definitely a character that I would be looking at here for season six and going, I probably want to buff this character because I want to see people, more people use him and explore what he has to offer. Just like with Cody, if these characters are pretty darn good and you put a lot of work into them, make sure that they're getting usage. Don't spend all of your time giving Akuma more buffs that he does not need. Actually put some time into these other characters that badly need this stuff and, and and get people using them. You know, that's what we want to see. Knock Akuma down like 15 levels. And so he's only like top three instead of top one. That's, that will work. And, and that's kind of the stuff we, we continue to advocate for like really heavily. And it's just, it, it, there's just kind of no excuse because the problem with really topping characters, as we talked about before, when you had Rashid, when you had Akuma at that level, they make other characters a relevant they make them irrelevant to the point where it's like well i have such a bad match against akuma or rashid i can't reasonably win in tournament against this character and so i can't play this character anymore and and that's when you have the these dominant top tiers that you have to knock them down you can't just slap them on the wrist you've got to very firmly knock them to the freaking ground and that's where i'm really disappointed with capcom that we we get these freaking slaps on the wrist with some of these characters it's like no freaking knock them down we've had years of this character dominating we don't need to see this anymore but yeah yeah and to their to their credit well i'm not so sure about rashid i haven't seen much with rashid and you know lately and he was definitely the problem child of yeah. seasons like three four and uh two three and four maybe even uh but uh, i mean maybe they've efficiently nerfed him i don't know but i don't think they efficiently nerfed g i don't think they officially nerfed Yurian or akuma and uh but they i mean they hit some of them 
so that's yeah. good. Well, they buffed Urien, so they definitely didn't nerf him. <laughs> They're like, hey, you're pretty good. Let's make you even better. And everyone else worse. So boom, uh, except for, yeah. yeah but I, I, on the subject of Rashid, I do think that he's noticeably worse, but he's still really good. You know, and I don't think anyone would have shed any tears if like they went a little further with Rashid is kind of what I'm getting at. Because mm-hmm. they had the initial balance patch where they got Rashid and then they got him yet again, like, you know, a couple months later, right? Um, and it's like, even then he still ended up really good. And and when you have characters that are that, that dominant and the community universally agreed that Akuma and Rashid were extremely good in season four uh, in seasons before that, you can you can hit them pretty darn hard and they're still going to end up just fine. Like it, when you have kind of universal acclaim for characters being as as strong as those characters were, you can hit them hard. It's okay. Um, but that's not typically been how they do things. So I don't understand it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, anyway, so I digress. We could probably talk about this for about another, you know, 50 minutes without problem. But uh, I will mention that Capcom has an announcement incoming for the Tokyo Game Show later this month, September 26th in, here in the USA, uh, where they will announce our show, Something New for Street Fighter V. Uh, we could see the identity of the fifth fighter, whoever, whoever they uh, he may be. I should say that you know better. Uh, I say he because the character has three costumes, which likely means they're a male. Um, <laughs> there's also the long-discussed tournament edition we haven't heard much about. Like Ono hyped it up, and then uh, you know he's left the company now or about to. Uh, but he you know claimed like what is it, hundreds or thousands of people could play in this mode or something. Uh, we heard it clear back in the early part of 2020, and we've heard nothing about it since. I almost wonder if it got scrapped or what happened there. Uh, but supposedly that's coming. Uh, we also have a new mechanic that's coming to the game in December, uh, so it's possible we hear something about that. And then, of course, um, it, balance changes are, all, are also coming in uh, December, as we've established that. But mm-hmm. usually, those are not something that are teased at these, you know, kind of like big trade shows, because it's very often the hardcore community that cares about this stuff, and most other people do not. So I wouldn't look for those, but, you know, it, it's it, you're, you're appealing to more, you know, casual type people at that point. Yeah, and I'm going to put my money on a Dan trailer. <laughs> yeah, the Dan trailer is a pretty good bet, I think. Just looking at the uh, streaming schedule here for uh, the TGS 2020 online event. Yeah, Capcom rolls out at uh, 2200. It goes all the way to 2500. Is is that a typo? Is that supposed to be a thing or am I just Oh no, it's a I I it's like not an all-day thing but what like 3 hours or something. Um but you know, they might just be having I just like, thought it it resets after 24. Oh, I, I forget the, I'd have to have it in front of me, but I, I know, know it's like, it's a big block of time, but they also have the Street Fighter League they're going to, you know, do there. Yes. So I'm sure that's part of it. Um, there's, there's going to be kind of a whole display, but I, I definitely would not expect the, um, something on the level of like the, the summer game update that they did, you know, just a little bit ago. Uh, Tokyo Game Show has typically been a spot where uh, Capcom holds significant, you know, appreciation for that. They talk about it to their investors. It's a big deal for them, but it's not going to be on the level of what we just saw, but you know, a couple other things we could potentially see like an early look at Rose, uh, the 2021 CPT stage, um, are the new costumes that are coming out to the game in December. Like there's a bunch of content that are kind of on the way that, you know, they could easily showcase. Um, so it's, it's going to be, you know, a pretty fun weekend when that happens. So make sure you tune in for it. The, yeah, the last few years we've done speculation at like major events, but this is on the CPT and there, there wasn't necessarily a, a nod from Capcom. It just would make a lot of sense 
events. Like it's been a while and this is one of your biggest events or your kickoff event with final round, something like that, right? And we're like, this is the time, um, you know, for to, to end the radio silence. That's probably where it's gonna happen. And uh, you know, we, we put the we put the words in the in you know Capcom's mouth. Technically, I, I give it that. But it also would have been really smart for them to roll stuff out. We wouldn't have as the kind of relationship we sort of do right now with them. Uh, but I'm I'm just I'm thinking back on that so many times and going like, oh, I need to temper my expectations because there's gonna be like nothing, or they're gonna sh- they're gonna reveal the costume contest winners oh, that we technically yeah. already oh. know, right? Because you can go look and see. Um, no, I, I do think it's gonna be something like just the Dan trailer. And if it's not, I think I'll be disappointed. But that, so, so I guess this is to try to explore where the community's expectations might be at. I think we're expecting at least a Dan trailer. If they do more than that, it's it's bonus. Like if they give mm-hmm. us Dan and a look at Rose, that would be amazing, and they would continue this momentum because I do think that um, the the recent uh, perf- or the the what do you call the presentation where they revealed all these characters at the the Japan the what is it Japanese producer roundtable um was really good and they didn't have a ton of footage for us but i think we all understand that that's probably because they're doing this that sort of like last minute audible and they probably don't have any of that stuff yet and they did show us what they have and they gave us a really far look into the future and details on like a balance change coming here and costumes and this many costumes and a new stage it's like more information than we ever have they set a really good precedent and they have a lot of momentum because of that right now i hope that this continues that yeah, it's um, uh, I'm going to get into controversial territory here, but I will just say it's like when a new person comes into office, there's all this, you know, hope that that springs eternal where it's like, oh, they're going to change everything and all this other kind of stuff. Well, we just had a gigantic changeover here with um, with, you know, Ono effectively leaving Capcom. He's definitely not overseeing Street Fighter like he used to right now. He's he's on his way out the door if he's not there already. Uh, and so we have two brand new leaders here for the, the fighting game division. They're being judged with fresh fresh eyes and fresh approaches here. And the summer update um, was great. You know, the roundtable was solid, you know, what they contributed to that. Uh, let's see what they do. You know, I, I'm really curious. It's that we already know Ono's track record. We already know how he led stuff there. Um, this is, you know, two brand new people that, that have seen Ono's mistakes and seen his successes. Like, how do they build or improve upon that? Or how do they not? You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, I don't expect things to be perfect, but I am hopeful that we have kind of a new era here. Um, even getting something as simple as like the roadmap, you know, uh, image that they showed us during the summer update. Like I've been looking at that thing. I keep it on my desktop of my computer to look at it like constantly like, wow, they told us everything. Like, I can't believe like that stuff is huge, you know, and those are things we rarely got under Ono. So, I mean, is it on your desktop or is it your desktop background? (laughs) It's a rose is my desktop background, but it's, it's on my desktop. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, uh, but anyway, uh, so they're being judged here very heavily and they're going to continue to be. So let's hope, that they do a great job. Um, both guys, I've heard, I can just say actually behind the scenes, I've talked to a few people at Capcom. I've heard very good things about both people. Uh, I've heard that they're very bright, they're hardworking um, and quite capable. So, but you know, uh, there's also a uh, political side um, that you have to work through at Capcom to get things done. Uh, and there's a bunch of other things that Ono was able to circumvent or work around through the years. So it's all this stuff is much easier said than done, but you know, we, we judge these people by the results and I want to continue to see good results from them. Uh, so interesting times. I will just say I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the, the Tokyo game show announcements for a variety of reasons. Uh, Rose included. Yes. Everyone get your judging hats dry cleaned (laughs) and ready to go for the 25th. What are we, 23 days away, we are going to judge the new Capcom guard. 
see what they do with these reveals. You're damn right we're going to, man. We put them on blast hardcore for season four. <laughs> Worst season uh, ever, like all that kind of stuff. We're, we're, we're going to go in again if they don't do a good job. I don't know, man. I got I play so. three characters out of season four, so I guess I got to be kind of happy at this point. But <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, doing things differently. Oh, boy. All right, so getting into the next thing here now. Is Dragon Ball Fighters Rage Quit Penalty 2? Harsh. And I, I'm dead serious with this. I know, I know, I'm, I'm defending rage quitters here, potentially with that leading statement, but, but let me explain a bit more. Bandai Namco announced that players who repeatedly rage quit will see a potential week-long ban. If that behavior persists, it could lead to a permanent ban. My main thing here is... Hasn't this been figured out by most other games? Right. <laughs> we both play online a lot. I, I I would not say rage quitting is a huge problem on my end. Is it one on yours? Um, no, no. But well, I mean, I don't play Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, online. but but I mean, like this hasn't been an issue in most of the fighting games. And, and well, it was an issue when there wasn't correct policing. Not to get political, everybody. I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm t- <laughs> but yeah, when you didn't have uh, well, I mean, it was a huge issue for Street Fighter when they just they were like, hey, we're gonna by the way not have any policy about this. Yeah, and oh, I, man. Bub, bub. I know I mind I might see a rage quit here or there, but it's much, much, much more likely that a player had a power out- outage yes. or an internet problem or something of the sort. Because in Street Fighter Five, you lose a bunch of points more than if you just held the loss, mm-hmm. and then you also get flagged as a a rage quitter if you do it too much. And so that you know, it's just it's kind of a lose lose scenario. And it seems to me like with much better solutions available, it's weird to go to the step of outright banning people. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, banning. Yeah, <laughs> we, have, uh, we, we, we have a proven system here. It works. I, I almost never hear can people complaining about rage quitting unless they play Dragon Ball Fighters. And it makes me think that they're having trouble implementing a similar system in that game for some reason. And it sounds to me, because we have a little bit of a history here, like the developers couldn't get approval for a budget to get a better fix in there. So they kind of had to do this like Band-Aid fix, like, hey, this is what we can do. It's not great, but it's better than nothing. And that would actually match up really well with statements we've heard about rollback code being too hard to implement. And look, it's like, we know you can do rollback code. This is not like some impossible dream that you can't do. But sometimes when people say too hard or they use kind of code words about stuff, this is called, oh yeah, we could not get approval to do this. And and again, the budget to do this stuff is not cheap. I get that. This might cost them, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to get the development time to get in there and do all that kind of stuff. But damn it, like Dragon Ball Fighters is a huge property and it's a very big game in our community freaking get the resources to do it but but guess what that's not happening and i don't know why i don't know why bandai namco they've pulled the plug basically on expenses for this game and the developers of this game have pretty much got their hands tied they can either do it themselves you know behind the scenes like off the clock or whatever or try to do it that way but it's it's pretty much like bandai namco said nah like you guys are going to release some dlc characters and that's it Yeah, maybe their hands are kind of tied. When I first read this news, my mind instantly went back to that uh, scene in Anger Management with Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson, where Jack Nicholson's describing the two type of angry people, right? It's like the first type is the cat or is the uh, the 
customer in the store that's yelling at the cashier for not taking their coupons. And then the second type is the cashier who takes this abuse day in and day out until they crack and come in and they ban everybody from the store permanently, right? <laughs> uh, that's not exactly the verbiage that he uses, but that's the idea here. It's like, we're just either gonna go from zero to a hundred with permabans. Now, they don't give you much information in the way of like, well, how many offenses is it, you know, does, does this just or is, um, is our limit before we're going to do something like this? You know, there's, there's not much nuance. It's just like we might ban you for a week and then if you keep doing it, we might permaban you. And with something of this, well, permanent, you'd probably want to have a few more details out there. It also might be that, you know, you get banned and then you have to submit kind of like a a request to get unbanned and say you're sorry or something like that or you get you know restricted who knows if they're gonna get more detailed and nuanced in their approach to this but with what's presented right now it's just like a yep well we'll just stop letting you play our game online and it's yeah. like yeah and and you're a hundred percent right though uh, everybody's been dealing with this for quite some time uh, maybe maybe copy off uh, somebody else's homework maybe see what the Tekken team is doing over at Bandai Namco you know to handle this kind of stuff and just emulate that because it's like a very important part of the online experience which has become crucial to the uh, you know to, to the fighting game experience in general so to see it handled in such a uh, I, it almost feels cavalier in a way it's almost just like just a very general overarching well we'll just ban everybody uh, for, forever and it's like mm-hmm. come on man come on yeah, I mean, you say it important to the online experience, so is rollback netcode. And yet, again, too hard and just reeks to me of, of some suits at Bandai Namco saying, hey, you know what? Uh, no, you know, we're not going to give you the budget to do this. You should have done it from the get-go or whatever. And, you know, hey, what could have, should have, right? But um, not everyone is willing to invest in their games to improve them, which is why I give huge shout-outs to Capcom and Harada for polishing up Street Fighter V and Tekken Seven so much. It, it's... Dragon Ball Fighters is also owned by Nam- uh, Bandai Namco, you know, along with Tekken 7. So I don't know why things are so different for that team than Harada, but I do know that Harada has a ton of clout at Bandai Namco. The man is a legend, and he's a legend for a reason. And so I imagine he has more pull to get these kind of things approved for his game. Uh, doesn't look like Dragon Ball Fighters, the developers there, they don't. I don't think they have that same kind of pull, unfortunately. You'd think that he'd get a say, and he's the general manager, isn't he? Uh, I mean, he's a general manager of fighting games, but I don't know how much direct involvement he has with Dragon Ball Fighters. He's usually not heavily associated with it. I think his hands are full just dealing with Tekken. I suppose, but uh, it seems like an overly simplified approach to a problem that deserves more attention. Uh, man, shocker. That happening in the fighting game community? Are you sure? You know, <laughs> uh, but speaking of not overly simplistic approaches, uh, we're going to get into a change here that potentially could be the removal of input delay issues being really bad, I should say. So basically, uh, to, to explain this a little bit better, uh, we're looking at dropping down input delay to around two or three frames on PC, kind of going forward with a new technology that NVIDIA has uh, called Reflex. And we, of course, have seen you know input delay around eight frames or more uh, in some fighting games uh, in recent times, but that has generally been considered to be completely not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we're seeing now uh, from NVIDIA is basically a way of measuring that input delay uh, easily, you know, without expensive equipment or without having to go through a lot of, uh, you know, different setups and whatnot, basically built right into their, their video cards. And then if you have a compatible monitor, you're actually able to measure the end-to-end input delay that your system is offering. 
And so to me right now, it's saying like, hey, fighting game developers, if you've ever had an excuse for you know input delay or not implementing fixes and getting it freaking in tip top shape, you do not have that excuse anymore. You better not ever, ever have a game ship with bad input delay. There is literally flat out no excuse anymore. This is a game changer. It's hard. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's the first thing we're gonna hear out of him, right? But um, anyway, so uh, I will just say that that different games have different input delays, even outside of fighting games. So just saying that for context here. Um, but again, you could easily measure this stuff now. And if you see that, say Street Fighter Six has a three frame input delay, you can tweak the heck out of your game engine and do things to make this work properly, to give us the best experience possible. What we crave as competitive gamers. There's just yeah, you you better freaking do this. And so we're, we're setting this up here right now. So, you know, hopefully uh, the developers hear us and start setting this as an expectation because it's just this is great tech for us. Our but, judgment hats are being dry cleaned right now. Yeah, they are I'm, ready. Yeah, freaking not taking mine off today, apparently. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is going to be a bit of me speculating here, but it should give the developers another way of tracking delays and problems with rollback code as well. So if their rollback code or normal gameplay is working overtime when you're playing online, you know, say you do a super, ultra, whatever, and you've got 50, you know, particle effects and other things online, and all of a sudden you see that the input delay has jumped from, let's say, a three-frame thing to a 20-frame thing, you know you have an optimization problem. You know that there is a noticeable decrease that's very easy to measure and quantify now because you have constant updates on your screen showing what the, the, the end-to-end latency are. And so... I could see it being, especially playing online, troubling for developers to completely chart and know exactly how this stuff was working. But now, again, like I said about being no excuses, there shouldn't be any of them. We have documented very well the issues of playing with a PS4 online and what the end-to-end -end system has there somewhere, some bottlenecks that exist when you, you take the Street Fighter V online that it just does not agree with it. Well, this stuff should be able to be properly diagnosed and figured out it's speculation on my end, but I don't see a reason why, as a programmer myself, that you could not do this and do it very, very, very well. Okay, so you've been saying a lot of techie, nerdy stuff that I can't keep up with necessarily. And maybe you've already answered this question, but uh, for, for those of us that, you know, are a little slower on this, uh, we have what? What's in the realm of acceptability right now for as far as fighting game input? Like four or five frames? We're okay About with? About that, yeah. Right. I and so what what exactly would we expect this to get the general you know average input delay down to is it just going to be like maybe three or four or should we be expecting two or none or what that's oh, a good question so to give this context the pc version of street fighter 5 has about three frames of input delay right now at this moment in time it's actually even possible to reduce that even further by running the game at higher refresh rates and doing some various tricks but three frames is about the average. So, um, and I will say that I, I highly doubt Capcom is going to go back and update Street Fighter V with this tech. The game is pretty much done except for some content releases, right? Mm. Um, but they, I, in my opinion, if they did go back and do this, I think they could get the input delay down to two frames or less. So maybe like 1.5 frames of input delay or something like that. And, and this is based on the specifications that NVIDIA actually just showed recently with other games. That is a sexy idea. Um, I, I've been recently practicing specifically every day 
doing or not whiff punishing um, single single hit confirms into special moves that are unsafe, right? And doing this, and then of course the so so I've been practicing with characters like you know Nikali and uh, and Kage, and and we'll be doing so with Seth now as well. But um, the number one character for hit confirms, I think, in this game is obviously Karen. And I think she has like a one frame bigger window to to do her move. Now she does have to do like an input in a in like a just frame timing and stuff. So there's a little more to it. But her just having that one extra frame, I have noticed, seems to be for me at least the difference maker between like I just am guessing every time at this versus I can actually see it. My point is this could be a really big deal if it's true and if we're getting our input delays that much reduced. Like, you know, just a few frames matters here because to be able to see and then make a, a hit confirm happen more consistently and more people are going to be able to do this, uh, that, that could change the expectations, the performances, the abilities, the meta, all of this stuff if hit confirms become easier. And that's just one aspect that would change about fighting games. And even though it's just a 60th or two of a second, it still is a significant thing. So um, this is important news, and I am excited to see what happens. If indeed it comes to fruition like we're seeing it, it probably could. Yeah, and this might be a PC-only kind of thing because it's an NVIDIA technology, but what usually happens with this stuff is NVIDIA releases kind of the tech, and then other companies kind of adapt and see what they're doing, and you know they can release it for them. Because I believe the uh, the GPUs in both the next-generation consoles are AMD. Um, and, uh, and so it, it's... But this is tech, again, that, that you can figure it out. It's not just for tracking how much input delay you have. It's also, like, the, the API that they have for this will directly let you reduce the input delay right there. So there are multiple ways that this technology works really well. And, again, I'm not seeing a scenario where games should be above four frames of input delay going forward even on the next generation consoles, not with the tech that exists right now. From everything I can see, if a game has more than four frames of input delay, the developers mess something up uh, for their future releases. Well, that sounds like a reasonable expectation to have of the fighting game community, you know, the developers there that we absolutely won't be disappointed by, so... <laughs> it was too hard, John. So, <laughs> all right. Speaking of being too hard, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Event Hubs podcast because it's just gotten way too difficult. And, but we do thank everyone so much for listening. And we'll be back with you soon. See you later, guys.